Hi friends, welcome to the Mother with a Loud Mind podcast. If this is your first time joining, thank you so much for being here. I highly encourage you to go back to episode zero, I almost didn't do this, where you can get a little insight into what future episodes will be about and get to know me a little better. If you are a returning listener, you are seriously the coolest and I appreciate you endlessly. Please feel free to give this podcast a review and rating at the end of the episode. It really helps us grow and reach a larger audience. I'm your host, Morgan Klontz. Let's get into today's episode. All right. Hello, everyone. I hope you've had a great week. Um, I'm super excited for today's episode. Not only do we have our first guest, this guest is a women's health advocate. So I'm super excited to talk about women's health today. It's something I've become a lot more passionate about since having children, and I'm really working on becoming more in tune with my body. So our guest today is Ivy Sutton. Hello, Ivy. Hi, thanks for having me. We're so happy to have you on the show today. So do you want to just take a moment to tell us a little bit about yourself and your platform? Sure. So I'm Ivy Sutton. I've been married a little bit over a year now, and I live in Pollocksville, North Carolina. Um, I started the Instagram page at Sutton They Don't Teach uh, about a month ago, and it's all about women's health, specifically like cycle health and um, post-birth control avenues, what, what options are out there. Um, I'm not a doctor of any sort or a nurse, anything in the medical field. I have a master's degree in instructional design, and basically my day job is taking really dense, hard-to-understand material and breaking it up into easily comprehensible material. So I kind of felt like my skill set would translate pretty well into my passion yes. project, which was the Instagram page that I created about a month ago. Awesome. So do you want to tell us a little bit why you decided to start this conversation about women's health and cycle tracking and why you chose to do so on Instagram? Yes. So I picked Instagram because that's the platform I use the most. So I was the most familiar with it. But I decided to make the page just from like several conversations I'd had with other girlfriends about just like random women's health things, periods, cycles, cervical mucus, all this stuff that's not really talked about. Mainstream, I know I wasn't taught it in any health class I ever took. And I'm lucky that I have friends that I can be open with and have these kind of conversations with, but I know that everybody doesn't. So I just kind of wanted to create a place where one, I can educate. And then two, it's kind of an open community where people can ask questions and learn from one another. Yes, that's great. I think I really feel like as women, when it comes to our health, especially our fertility and menstrual cycles and things like that, we're kind of just left on our own to kind of research things and figure it out ourselves. Um, I mean, it's not really one of those things that we're educated on, not in school at all. And especially, you know, you go to the doctor and they're just like, okay, well, what kind of birth control do you want? And that's pretty much it. And they, they don't tell you, you know, what your ovulation period is like and, you know, when you have the highest chance of getting pregnant and other measures you can take besides birth control um, it, because that's just like 
in my opinion, like the worst thing you can do to your body. I've learned so quickly. And, you know, you, you aren't taught about that kind of thing mainstream. And then, you know, you get into researching things and Googling things. And it's scary because it's such a broad topic. So um, I'm really excited that you created this Instagram. And I hope every single person that listens to this follows you because just, you know, in the little bit of content you have so far, it's just been so informational for me. And um, I'm not going to get into it right now, but I'm not on any kind of birth control anymore. After two kids, I just decided that, you know, I wasn't going to do that to my body anymore. And so I can't wait to hear what you have to say about it. (laughs) So for starters, what was your experience with hormonal birth control like? Yeah, so I was put on, just like you, I went to the doctor, I said, you know, I'm having difficult periods, having some hormonal issues, and I, okay, here's the pill, it'll solve your problems. Well, everybody was on it, I didn't think anything of it, the doctor said it was safe, I get on it, fast forward a decade, and I've been on a synthetic hormone for over 10 years. Yeah. And no, at you know, when you're on birth control, you have to go yearly for yearly checkups. And each time I went, no one ever stopped to say, hey, like, do you want to get off this? Are you using it for contraceptive reasons? Which I wasn't right. for most of the time that I was on it. So why was I, why was I taking it? But no one ever asked that question. Yes, that was, you know, that was my experience. I think I was, I was like 15 when I started taking it. And it was just kind of one of the, I think, you know, parents, especially in the South, they're like, okay, well, you need to start taking birth control because you're not having kids, you know, you're not going to be a teen mom. Well, little did they know. <laughs> but um, I mean, it, it was just kind of what you did. And I don't think my mom's generation really knew any different either. And right. she, I know, not to tell her story, but she had a really difficult time with periods. And thankfully, I didn't inherit that, but it was what she did. So it was what I did. And even when I actually got pregnant on the pill um, with my first child, and I, you know, you never expect that to happen. You think, you know, you're 100% covered. And it was, it wasn't until I gave birth and I was totally off of everything that I realized how out of whack, like, my whole body was. Not just my hormones, but my whole entire body. And so, that was my experience. I'm now, you know, not on anything. But what was your experience like coming off of hormonal birth control? And did you notice any changes in your overall health, your mental health, anything like that? Yeah, for sure. So, when I came off the pill, one of the main reasons I wanted to come off is because I was just nauseous every morning. And I went to several different like GI specialist who told me, you know, you're perfectly healthy. There's nothing wrong with you. You know, this is just something you're going to have to live with. And I was like, well, I just don't accept that. Like, I don't think that's normal. Right. And I feel like I should feel hundred percent when I wake up, I shouldn't have to feel nauseous every morning. Um, so when I went off the pill, that was probably the first thing I noticed. Like within a week of being off the pill, I woke up one morning and I was like, Hey, I feel pretty good. Oh, wow. And then time goes on and, you know, that becomes my new normal now. I don't, I'm not nauseous unless I, you know, got heartburn from sure. eating fried food or something. But um, that was a big one. And then the other one was I had a weird thing come up about seven years into taking birth control where I just stopped being able to drink any alcohol. 
Hmm. Like I could have one beer, but if I had more than one beer, I was like convulsively shaking and throwing up. Oh my gosh. I basically felt like I was having like a allergic reaction, which is like super rare, like very, like point where six percent of people in the world are allergic to alcohol and i never had been before mm-hmm. went to a specialist she's like no you're fine like just don't drink and i'm like well okay but that still doesn't seem fine I'm, i would think there's something wrong sure. with me. um and i ended up just getting off the pill and then i just tried you know having a glass of wine and i was fine then i had two glasses of wine and i was fine then i got a nutritionist um which i love if you don't mm-hmm. have a nutritionist Tonight, I tend to recommend most health most healthcare uh, insurances will cover it one hundred percent. Awesome, and you don't have to pay anything. But she was awesome, and she was basically like, you know, I've talked about your case with your, you know, being sick when you mm-hmm. have alcohol, and she said all of the nutritionists nutritionists that I've worked with have said it's because your liver wasn't processing it, because while you were on the pill, it's busy processing those synthetic right. hormones. And it's made it slower to process any other toxins that come in. I mean, just think about all the other toxins your body is taking in and how they're not being processed or not being filtered. And I mean, the the door of health concerns that that could open up, not yes. just alcohol, but later on down the road as you get older. And gosh, that is crazy to think about. Um, do you mind sharing what kind of birth control you were on? Uh, I was on the same thing. I was on the same thing. Um, I was on the generic and I, that's, I think I started on Trasprintec and, um, I switched. I can't remember why I switched. Maybe because my insurance didn't cover it anymore or something like that. I don't think it was anything to do with the side effects I was experiencing because I didn't know I was having them because of the birth control. Um, but I did, I switched to Lolloestrin, um, probably six months before I got pregnant with Everett. And I don't think that's the reason I got pregnant, but, you know, coincidence. Um, So let's talk about tracking your cycle. That's currently what I'm doing. Um, Like I said, when I had Everett, I decided not to go back on the pill. And I did get an IUD. However, that was a nightmare too. Um, I got the hormone-free IUD, but unfortunately, it was put in too quickly after I gave birth, so it grew into my uterus and had to be surgically removed, (laughs) so (laughs) that was a whole thing, and, you know, I didn't want to get the Nexplanon in my arm or any any other synthetic form of hormone, Um, so I'm currently... Well, I wasn't currently on anything, and then, of course, I got pregnant again, (laughs) and I wasn't tracking my cycle. I didn't have any knowledge. I didn't, like, I didn't know how to do it, and um, after having Dallas, she's almost five months, and I've been tracking my cycle ever since my period started again, um, which was pretty soon because I didn't breastfeed her, so now um, I'm tracking my cycle, but I just kind of go off like what this app is telling me. So I'd love for you to give us some more information on how to accurately track your cycle based on like your temperature and just a calendar. Yeah, for sure. So there's a method called fertility awareness method um, or natural family planning. It's kind of both the same, but essentially it's using the calendar tracking. Mm -hmm. That's one part of it. The other part is cervical mucus tracking. And then the other part is basal body temperature. So to do the basal body temperature, you have to have like a special thermometer that reads an extra digit. So it'd be like 97.68. Gotcha. Um, That just gives you a more accurate 
representation of what your temperature is so that you're able to notice when it dips and when it spikes. Um, with the basal body temperature, so in the first part of your cycle, your menstrual, that's your menstrual phase, um, it'll be, your temperature will be fairly low and then it'll stay low and then it'll dip even lower about 24 to 48 hours before you ovulate. When you dip, that's telling you, okay, I'm, I'm fertile. It's time to make some babies or use contraceptive to not make babies. Gotcha. And then it'll go back up once you've ovulated. So after you've ovulated, you'll, it'll, your temperature will go up probably about half a degree or more. And once it's, it'll stay up during your um, luteal phase until you menstruate again, and then it'll dip back down. Huh, that's so interesting. Um do you have like a certain basal thermometer that you recommend? Is that something you could just find like on Amazon? Yeah, I just found one on Amazon. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, there's a bunch of them up there. I mean, I had never heard of that. And that, I feel like that's probably the most accurate way to track ovulation. And okay, well, that's good to know. <laughs> um, if they see you with the basal body temperature, that is, you have to do it first thing when you wake up. Okay. So it's like before you get up out of bed. You have to have like a resting temperature to have an accurate temperature. And then with cervical mucus, you can check it in at any point throughout the day. But essentially, your fertile mucus, and I have a video on this too, but your fertile mucus is going to be thicker. There's more of it, and it's going to be clear and stretchy. So when you start to notice, like when you wipe, that you got a little more going on down there, it's probably time to use caution if you don't want to get pregnant. Very good and if know. you do want to get pregnant, then it's time to hang out with your husband. <laughs> Very good to know. Yeah, I feel like um, that's something that's kind of, I feel like going around like on TikTok and social media these days is like the discharge situation. So yeah. that is, it's coming up in conversation more, which is another thing that your OB usually doesn't tell you. Um, right. Even in two pregnancies, going to the doctor very regularly, I've never been asked about anything other than, are you bleeding or spotting? That's kind of all they care about, you know? So that's very good to know. Um, so do you have any apps or anything, um, any kind of technology you recommend to track your cycle? Yes. So there's a bunch of apps out there. Um, I know some people have said they like the Flow app. That's what I use, yeah. Um, I haven't used that as much. I, I did download it just to see what it looks mm-hmm. like. It's pretty similar to all the other apps. Yeah. Um, Glow. I like Glow, but I don't. You can't tell it when you ovulate, so it just assumes oh. that you ovulate on the fourteenth day of your cycle, which is not always accurate. Right. Um, but I personally use Premom. Okay. And you can like it's all of the regular things. You can track your symptoms, your cervical mucus, your temperature, and everything. But if you can tell it when you ovulate and it also comes with, um, like if you want to do ovulation testing, mm-hmm. which when I first started tracking my cycle, I did ovulate ovulation testing. Cause I didn't know what my cervical mucus looked like. So it's like a good way to say, Hey, I'm ovulating. This is what it looks like when I ovulate. Gotcha. Um, and I got that in the kit off Amazon. Okay, cool. So it, it just, you, you would just search like ovulation testing kit and that's what you would use. And it, it pairs with the app Premon. Oh, you can perfect. Like your tests and it'll keep track of like your rate, your LH ratio and everything. Very and all, and it's all free. 
that is awesome. That's a really good tool. I'm definitely going to look into that. And um, I'm also going to link some of this stuff in the episode notes so you guys can shop around as well. Um, so what are just some other like miscellaneous things you've learned about the menstrual cycle since becoming more in tune with women's health? Um, I would say probably the most fascinating thing is one, your body, your body's awesome. Like you've had two kids, you know that you can pretty much recoup from anything. Like coming off birth control, I was really nervous. I was scared. Like, what if I don't ovulate? What if I don't get a period back? But your body's resilient. It bounces back. Um, and the other thing is just trying to plan my life kind of around my cycle as much as I can, you know, life happens, you can't always plan everything, but knowing how I am mentally and how I'm feeling physically in kind of each stage of my cycle. So like menstruation, I'm not going to want to host a party when I'm on my period. Yeah. Right. I might want to save that for when I'm close to ovulation and I'm energetic and I'm creative and I'm social versus, you know, I might want to draw a bubble bath and take a nap when I'm in my luteal phase because that's my more calm phase. So just trying to kind of plan around my cycle. But I also didn't know, I started tracking. There were days where I would be a little bit more grumpy or a little bit more emotional. And if I look back in my track, I can see like every single day on this cycle day, I felt that way. So just knowing like, okay, this is, some hormonal shift that's happening right now that's making me a little grumpy like I'll be better tomorrow I think it helps yeah that's that's a really good point and I'm glad you say that because I think I have like a pregnancy like unexpected pregnancy PTSD because every time I feel like a certain like if I feel a little bit like teary-eyed today or I'm like super ill at my husband the next day I'm like (laughs) I'm pregnant. I just know I'm pregnant. I need to take a dang pregnancy test. So it's good that you bring attention to that because I have been like logging my symptoms in the flow app. Um, and I agree. There's definitely a trend that I can see when I'm closer to menstruation. So that, that definitely eases my mind. And, um, I think, you know, women should know that it's normal and men, you know, I think it's really important to educate your partner or your husband on your cycle as well so they know what to expect and they know that you're not crazy by any means you're you're just having a, a normal womanly bodily function um so do you have any advice for women wanting to come off birth control and begin tracking their cycle yes lots of advice um first of all congratulations if you want to come off birth control i feel like the first three months you're not necessarily going to be normal as far as hormones and your period length and all of that. It takes about three to six months to kind of get to your normal. So just be patient and don't think that, you know, the first month off, oh, this is horrible. I'm never going to get right. Like you'll get back regular. Um, There are some supplements that you can take and some supplements that I took that I thought really helped coming off the pill because as you probably know, the pill will deplete you of a lot of really important and vital vitamins and nutrients in your body, especially if you're getting off the pill to get pregnant. Like you need to make sure that you're up on your vitamin C and your zinc and your magnesium and all that stuff that your body needs to create a fetus. Um, And then get some kind of tracking, cycle tracking app or sure. if you want to do it on paper you don't trust technology that yeah. you want to there's lots of 
Um, but I did want to just throw in with the vitamins. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're looking to come off the pill and you're super nervous about it, I found this book called Beyond the Pill. Okay. By Dr. Jolene Brighton. Okay. And she also has an Instagram, and she does a lot about when you come off the pill, how to balance your hormones. Awesome. I'll add a, I'll add a link for that as well. Yeah, some of her recommendations for supplements for everybody to take when they come off, or even if you're going to stay on it, just to kind of replenish that, is 300 to 500 milligrams of magnesium, a probiotic, taking some omega-3, and then making sure that either your multivitamin or prenatal vitamin has vitamin B, vitamin C, and zinc in it. Okay, good to know. Good to know. Um, yeah, I know when I got pregnant at first, um, I had to take a prenatal with a lot of, I had to take a prenatal, of course, and then I had to take a lot of added vitamins on top of it, um, especially iron. I was super low in iron. I've always been low in iron, but um, I was super low in magnesium as well. So it's interesting that you say that. Um, okay, so if someone is struggling with fertility and they've how well let me ask you this do you think there's a certain a certain time frame from when you come off the pill to when you should start trying for a baby or should it be like an immediate thing should you track your cycle for a little while what's your opinion on that um I think that's probably person to person sure when I talked to my doctor before I came off of it she said plan to come off of it six months to a year before you want to start trying okay but and that's not to say that you can't get pregnant immediately. I mean, like you said, people get pregnant on the pill. So, right. And they have healthy babies, and, like, it's not an issue. So I guess that's person to person. But I was told six months to a year. Gotcha. Um, so do you have any advice for women that are struggling with their fertility and any tips to increase their fertility um, as far as tracking their cycle and things like that? Yes. Yeah, so if you are struggling with fertility – Make sure you track your cycle. Make sure you know when your fertile days are. And then make sure you're having lots of sex during your fertile week. That's the key to making the babies. Um, And they say if you have sex every other day during your fertile window, um, that's usually good. But, I mean, if you can have it every day, that's just doubling your odds. Very true. Um, (laughs) And then I would just say, like, regular health things. Um, Making sure you're maintaining a healthy stress level. Make sure you're exercising, getting outside, eating right. Um, Food plays a big role, just like that's your nutrients, right? That plays a big role in your fertility and your menstrual health and all of that. So making sure that you're eating foods that are really high in the good vitamins and minerals, like avocados and all your dark leafy greens and your fruits and your vegetables. So if you're trying to make a fetus, they need all, all that nutrients. Sure. Making sure that you're getting in the good foods and cutting out the bad. Your trans fats, your fast foods. Awesome. Well, we are definitely thinking of all you women that want to be mamas and... I am thinking about you all the time and I'm sure they can reach out to you Ivy where can everybody find you on social media if they have a question or they want to keep up with your content on Instagram at Sutton they don't teach
perfect. I'm going to link that in the show notes as well. It's been so great talking to you. We've learned a lot in the last 20 minutes. So thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Again, you can find Ivy on Instagram at Sutton. That's S-U-T-T-O-N. They don't teach like something they don't teach on Instagram. And I'm going to link her in the show notes, like I said. I'm also going to link the book she mentioned as well as the basal thermometer and the app you're talking about. So I'm going to link all of that. And um, again, you can find her on Instagram. She posts content really regularly. I've been enjoying it. Are you on TikTok as well? Did I see you on TikTok? I mean, I made one TikTok. (laughs) It's been a lot to do the TikTok. Yes. I just picked one for now. Okay. I prefer Instagram over TikTok any day, especially when it comes to me creating content. I don't even put anything on TikTok. So I don't blame you. But Anyway, they can find you on Instagram, so make sure you follow. If you want to be my friend on TikTok, you can, but I only have the one video. There you go. Let's build up her following so she'll post on TikTok, and she can go viral, and it's going to be amazing. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being here, Ivy. It was great talking to you, and maybe we'll we'll hop on another call one day. Um, I'm not having any more children, but maybe when you are ready to take on that journey, we can talk to you about your journey. Sounds like a plan. All right, Ivy, thank you so much. Thank you. We have officially made it to the end. Thank you so much for making it this far. If you stick around for just another second, I'd love to share some affirmations with you today. I am a good mom. I am exactly who my kids need. I am grateful for the time I get to spend with my kids. My kids do not need a perfect mom. I will stay calm, even in the midst of chaos. I am worthy of love and affection. God wants what's best for my life, so I will relinquish all my fears onto Him, as they are not my burden to bear. I will live in the moment today and not stress about my past or worry about the future. My past mistakes do not define who I am now. I am a strong and confident woman. I am an intelligent individual. God has called me to motherhood, and through Him I can do all things. I love my body and am comfortable in my own skin. I am exactly where I am supposed to be. I am a kind human being. I am not just a mom.